Can we do an edition of the Gobeski Chocolates Report? Yeah. Uh, we absolutely, have to, yeah. We have to get this thing rolling first. <laughs> oh, of course. I just wanted to, you know, not blindside you with it. I don't care. You can blindside me. I plan on blindsiding people with things, so. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much we can add to what we've already said before about this. Oh, I have things to add. I have questions. I have questions, too. I have some things to add, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a full 40 minutes of exactly. conversation, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys remember uh, episode 11? It's a lot like episode 10. <laughs> Two guys tried to beat him up, and there was an explosion. That's, that's... <laughs> That is actually not true. Episode eleven is bizarre, but anyway. Oh yeah, there was there was a couple in there that were were unique. Um, hello, welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. I'm Adam Gobeski. You have to and do that the whole time now, I... Adam. <laughs> You've set a precedent <laughs> right off the top. Affirmative. And over in the terrified corner, wetting himself is Doug. <laughs> is that really how you want your intro to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that really how you want your intro to go? Affirmative. <laughs> uh, I believe Charlie was introducing me. Oh, yeah. Uh, with us uh, for the what? How many times have you been on the podcast now? Were we up to like 15? 11 billion. 11 billion time. Uh, Doug Gobeski. Let me pull up your cell phone telephone all right so what at what point did we ban doug ah 28 mm. hey if i'm banned then why am i back is soft ban mm, this is his 32nd appearance wow pretty good <laughs> anyway what we're here today to talk about is uh this is our the second chocolates report oh yeah. yes doug take it away Ooh. Today on the Gobeski Chocolates Report, I'm going to eat a Snickers and hazelnut candy bar. Boo! Which claims... Boo! Why? Why am I being booed? Because I keep looking at the uh, gas stations and stuff for one and haven't found one yet. Oh. Oh. (laughs) It's a jealousy boo. (laughs) I I literally made my purchase, saw it there on the counter, and was like, oh, clearly I need to make another purchase. (laughs) So hold on, before he bites into this, what are we expecting as a flavor of Snickers hazelnut? So probably like a Snickers with Nutella, right? That's basically right. what so it's going it like to taste like. Nutella plus caramel and nougat? Yeah. Except it's actually hazelnuts instead of a, instead of a hazelnut cocoa butter thing. And uh, the cashier said that uh, when she was in Mexico, they had raspberry flavored Snickers. So it's like, oh, man. Even though I'm winning by getting to eat this hazelnut one, I'm still losing. Yeah, meanwhile, we get the uh, Snickers, what is it, like extreme? Like, oops, all nougat or something awful like that? (laughs) I can't remember what it was. I just remember biting into it and going, this is too much. This is not good. (laughs) It's just peanuts. Dry peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the wrapper look like? uh, Hazelnuts are filberts, right? Yeah. Um... Looks more or less like a Snickers wrapper, except uh, kind of an orange instead of a brown. Hmm. I do like the the Snickers peanut butter squares. Those are actually pretty good. Yes. Uh, The Snickers crisper, I'm not, I don't know, it's okay. It's just not my my favorite. And then, yeah, Snickers extreme or whatever the heck that one is, that was too much for me. I was like, this is gross. There's no balance. (laughs) I would describe it as more or less like a Snickers with a... Almost understated 
hazelnut flavor. It's it's not overpowering. Oh, okay. But perceptible? You don't have to think about, yeah. is it there or not? You can tell that it's different, yeah. Is it better or worse than uh, original Snickers? Different. I would say it's actually on par. Oh, okay. I think the original Snickers is like number one candy bar, right? So I think, I think so. That sounds right. Pretty good company. Oh, maybe there's like variations on this Snickers Extreme. There's like a three times chocolate and a three times caramel. And I think maybe I had three times caramel and it was too much caramel. Three and times I just didn't caramel. realize there was a difference. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. All gone. Oh, here's a fun fact. In the, United, in the United Kingdom, Snickers was sold under the brand name Marathon until 1990. Really? Oh. Yeah. Marathon bar. Oh. So if you hear your your uh, UK friends talk about Marathon bars back in the day, they were in fact talking about Snickers. Hey, Charlie? Yes. Why are we here? We are here for the second installment of our Merry Marvel Movie March. Our first edition of that was the first half of the 1944 serial Captain America, uh, which showed, I mean, presumably like a week apart in theaters, each of these 15-minute yeah. episodes. So if you Chapters. have... Chapters, yes. And if you haven't listened to episode 74, now might be a good time to go back and start listening to that, unless you don't care, in which case, you know... Deal with the fact we'll be referring to previous episodes, but that just makes it like every single other episode that we have anyways. Wow. This is is a compelling sell that you're giving us. (laughs) Should I start again? You do what you want, bro. (laughs) You won't believe what we have in store for you today with our second edition of our Merry Marvel Movie March, Captain America, the 1944 serial. I was super excited to watch the second half of this, guys. How about you? I as well was excited. So I guess I know I sounded kind of sarcastic when I said that, but I was uh, I was actually more <laughs> excited than I was for the first half. So that's Captain America, defender of liberty, murderer of criminals. Oh yeah, he is <laughs> he's a stone cold killer, Captain America. Yes. <laughs> oh, I I can get into that. I made a note specifically on that topic explaining why. Oh really? <laughs> I was just tallying up the body count. <laughs> I got one, two, three. Four, five-ish. Uh, Wait, did you actually keep track? I did for a little while. Then <laughs> your pen ran out of ink? After a while, it just got to be too much. But yeah, somebody dies in Chapter 8. Three people die in Chapter 10. <laughs> <laughs> so remind me what the plot was, because at some point I was watching this and didn't actually remember what the Scarab's original motivation was. Yeah, I think we discussed that in the last episode and we couldn't figure out much except yeah he just wants money right pretty much <laughs> just various okay. random plots in order to destroy his enemies and try to become rich and famous although is he always at the museum is that where he's always at the drumming museum of arts and science yeah that's true it's so that's not his house if that was his house it'd be like how much no, more that's... money do you want <laughs> that's no that's not his house okay well i guess it could be his house but <laughs> he just lives there maybe that's yeah. why he needs money <laughs> it's just a cot in the back <laughs> in one of the secret rooms all that money he lost on the mayan expedition where they discovered <laughs> so many fascinating things i don't know why he just doesn't use those things to make money <laughs> like the mummification yeah. device i mean i don't know how you would make money off of that but it seems extremely strange well you mummify convicts then you grind them up and sell them to the british <laughs> Wait, why are you selling them to the British? 
I'm not sure if the Americans did, but I know for a fact that the British used to do crazy stuff with mummies, like grind them up and use them to uh, fuel locomotives. I think they would use them as a form of snuff. Oh, wow. British were crazy. Yeah. So the scarab's not looking quite as bad in comparison to that, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's the moment in Chapter 8, right, where they have the the man blow tube dart gun. (laughs) Where uh, our fearless uh, hero, Grant Gardner, like... Okay, so the henchman's trying to uh, kill the cyan, or no, the oil magnet. It's so hard to keep track. There's like a new <laughs> potential victim every week. <laughs> but you know, that's a great point because it's like whenever at the top of the episode the scarab mentions somebody, that person almost always dies. Yeah, <laughs> that person is in there for that episode, and they are they're screwed. Yeah, they're going after the oil magnet or whatever. So Grant Gardner sees the guy with the the dark gun he casually shoves the oil magnet guy pulls out his gun and shoots the guy and the oil magnet guy just sort of stands there sort of bemused at which point grant garner then goes oh look here's the dart that they were trying to get you with but that means that from the oil magnet's point of view grant garner just suddenly shoves him and then shoots a dude for no reason (laughs) (laughs) and he's apparently okay with this because he's just like oh well, he's the DA, right? He shoots people all the time. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he had a license to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Who would prosecute him? But what yeah. really confused me about that was that this is a special blowgun, right? How is it different than any other blowgun? Like, is it the poison on the dart that's special? No, it's got man hieroglyphics on it. Oh, of course. So let's use a unique, traceable, inefficient weapon to kill somebody. So Grant Gardner is the same distance away from the blow dart guy is you know the blow dart guy is from grant gardner so he's up on top of the rooftop and he's probably gotta judge wind speed and be super careful and he's got one shot and then (laughs) grant gardner just turns around and shoots him with a gun which makes you wonder okay well why'd you send this guy with a blow dart gun (laughs) why didn't you just send him with any other weapon stealth stealth for what yeah there's no gunshot oh because Uh, oh yeah no that paid off <laughs> Grant Garner did a pretty good job of uh, triangulating the exact location of the person based on the angle the dart came in and hit the car. Well, he oh wait, no, a he DA. saw. Oh no, never mind. He saw the guy. That was it. He yeah. saw the guy before he shot the dart. So, well, but then it leads into the whole rest of the plot, which is that since he used the blow dart gun and he got killed, then Grant Garner now has the gun, which is then traceable back to the scarab. So, yeah, best laid plans, I guess. <laughs> So, obviously, the best way to deal with that is to blow up a plane. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, the blow dart is going to be taken back to somebody who actually knows about Mayan artifacts and then can... Conveniently. Yeah, determine who actually owns it. So... (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Well, there's only one, so... This, this guy is the oh, foremost expert in artifacts. <laughs> he must know who it belongs to. Although not unless he can personally examine it. Yeah. Apparently there's a lot of these floating around. <laughs> well, it could be a replica. I suppose. <laughs> yes. So Gail Richards takes the blowgun onto a plane. And the fascinating thing is that she gets to fly the plane by herself, solo. Hey, so it kind of goes back to well, kind of goes back to what you were saying last episode, which is that oh, it's kind of nice that I mean she does get into trouble occasionally, but it's not like super helpless woman can't do anything for herself, like right. 
she actually comes in and ambushes a couple of guys later too. And like, yeah, that was actually probably the most egregious cliffhanger though for me personally, because I just watching that cliffhanger, I was like, "There's no way she got out of that." They may have actually killed her when they exploded the plane, <laughs> right? And then it came back and was like, "Oh no!" By the way, like four minutes of things happened in between those shots. That happened in every single episode for the second half. I, know. I do not remember. Well, I don't remember it happening as much in the first half or at all, right? Because you would see. Captain America would be in danger or her be in danger and they wouldn't show you what happened. But in this one, they would show you the result of something exploding or something horrible happening, sparks flying everywhere. And then you were just would have to presume based on the editing that everyone was dead. But so the first time they, that one, they got me with the plane. I actually thought she was dead too. So editors are the real heroes here. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe the real villains. There was definitely a uh, structure for every episode that was very closely followed. (laughs) Yeah, but then the story takes a weird left turn, right? When it starts getting in like Frankenstein territory almost. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, by the way, I made a machine that can resurrect people. (laughs) Which was great because so the first half of this we saw, I was more interested by sort of all the actiony stuff that happened. I was kind of impressed by it. But that wore on me so much by the end that I was much more interested by all these, you know, weird artifacts and goings on like in the middle of episodes rather than the front and back action sections. Yeah, I do know though that they like they introduced the perpetual life machine or whatever. And at that that was the point at which the scarab's like, oh, if I had that, I could do all these evil plans where I was like, wait, I don't understand the Scarab's plot at all anymore. I do not understand his goals or his motivations because this, I don't see how this fits in with anything I saw up to this point. Uh, I think I have one audio clip in reference to the uh, perpetual life machine. A dead man has been brought back to life. This astonishing news came from the district attorney's office today when it was announced here that Bart Matson. The notorious Garrett Henchman who died yesterday was resurrected by Dr. Lyman's life-restoring machine. While there are no known witnesses to the actual operation, Matson was seen escaping from an electrical laboratory in which the body of Dr. Lyman was found in the midst of the wreckage of his machine. You should be thankful, Matson. You're the only authentic case of modern times of a man who has returned from the dead. I owe you a lot for that. Too bad Lyman smashed the machine. Yes, it's unfortunate. However, we've destroyed another enemy. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Like, perhaps the most important invention in the history of mankind. It's like, yes, that's unfortunate, but at least we destroyed one of our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so this, That's too bad. <laughs> this we had a chance to bring back a thug for three more <laughs> chapters. <laughs> and that also brings up the... Uh, plot device where at the beginning of every episode the scarab doesn't understand whether his plots to kill captain america have succeeded or not so he is always learns at the beginning of the next episode via either the newspaper which is always a headline about what happened to either grant gardner or captain america or a uh, a radio update yeah <laughs> but i thought that was a great radio update <laughs> a lot of it a lot of stuff they encapsulated there in 20 seconds about <laughs> How mankind has finally cheated death. <laughs> it's a it's a master class in exposition that's probably more nonchalant than it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> but that catches you up. I mean, geez. <laughs> and now your moment of Zen. <laughs> Perpetual life machine. <laughs>
So is it the, like I said, it's so hard to keep track. Okay. But somebody is being kept in a special hotel suite. And it turns out that that's the Metropole Hotel Suite 504. And so the bad guys go and they put like a gas in there to do. Oh, it's because oh, yeah. they were trying to get the copy of the blowgun. And so then later on, there's like a special doctor. I, I don't remember. There's some other dude that they're trying to keep <laughs> secret. And so they put him in a secret room that only uh, Grant Gardner knows the location of. And it turns out to be the same room in the same <laughs> hotel. No one would expect him to try that twice. Right? <laughs> It's like, oh, does anyone know where the the secret special witness is? Oh, he's in the he's in the police suite. <laughs> and then I also liked how um, multiple times during these chapters, but particularly in the second five hundred four suite instance where Grant Gardner's outside the door, they make a point of showing that it takes him a while to change into his Captain America costume. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Like he's like, oh, I'd better change. I'm so I'm gonna undo every button. I'm gonna slowly get out of this court. Let me take this tie off. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten for a minute that it was Captain America. So it's like, why is he taking off his clothes? Is he just <laughs> is he gonna start running and he doesn't want his tie on? <laughs> right. It's not like Superman where he just opens up his shirt. You see the S, and then they just do a smash cut. To somewhere else. It's like, nope. <laughs> Let's watch him begin to slowly undress. <laughs> uh, from that same episode, I have a note. Of course, they, there was a freaking gun in the room service tray, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you as the viewer knew that was coming. and so maybe, it, notes... maybe it wasn't a cliche in 1944. <laughs> maybe this is where it started. <laughs> so my note says uh what a sucky cop no wonder the da has to waste all the bad guys personally <laughs> he pats the guy down just just on the guy's side you know if someone were to put a gun on the like, like in their pants just on the side he would have yeah. caught that he but anywhere him, else it's a formality <laughs> he's like oh it's just a formality don't worry <laughs> Maybe the police force is going to rethink their policies after that. <laughs> no, it wasn't a formality. There's a reason we're doing that, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what happened in chapter 14, but my note says very brutal. So apparently a lot of people died. Uh, my note says a lot of evil monocle donning. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he just puts on the monocle and then he takes it off like 20 seconds later. Oh, no, that's the one where he's literally whipping the guy with, like, yeah. a cat of nine tails. Oh, yeah. And he's apparently been at it for, like, an hour. And I'm like, how is this guy, like, still stand or, like, still alive? I mean, obviously, he's strung up, so he's not standing, but. Right. <laughs> well, we finally get to see uh, how misanthropic the scarab is, I guess. He seems to be enjoying it. Yeah. So maybe that's his motivation, too. He just hates everyone and likes to torture people. Took us 14 episodes to get there. He's just evil because someone has to be. Well, he has to true, bring yeah. balance to the force. <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler alert. He, he's executed <laughs> off, <laughs> off screen <laughs> by the state. I, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, well, he got his justice. Yeah. Oh, it's midnight. Well, I guess he's dead somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Corporal punishment. Before we get there, I want to take a complete tangent. I don't know if I've discussed this before, but can we talk about the Star Wars prequels for a minute? Oh, sure. So 
Anakin's supposed to be the one who brings balance to the force, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's two Sith and like a hundred and Always. some Jedi. Always two Sith. Right. Why did they think he was going to be on the good side? Because <laughs> it seems pretty imbalanced in favor of the light side. <laughs> Serious feelings of inadequacy? I guess so. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah, no, I also enjoy how in the last chapter they're like, oh, and by the way, uh, world, Captain America is Grant Gardner. Oh, yeah, they find out. And it's not clear why they found out. <laughs> the Scarab finds out. Like, he actually, you know. Applies deduction. Yes. He actually <laughs> goes about it the honest way. But at the end, there's this one throwaway line where the police commissioner or whoever says that, oh, yeah, you're Grant Gardner and Captain America. So maybe that was a deleted scene, or I don't know. And for some reason, we're not putting you under arrest for the murder of countless <laughs> civilians. How many times do I have to tell you he won't prosecute himself? <laughs> Isn't that how the DA works? He has uh-huh. to try to bring it to prosecution? <laughs> that must be it. The perfect crime. Uh, there were also, as there were in the first half, a lot of explosions. There were. Not as many impressive ones, I thought, as the first one, but still a decent it's number. It's true. It's a, it's a plot device. Are uh, you about to just play a clip of literally just explosions? No. <laughs> Explosion supercut. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, here you go. Despite the attempt to blow up the entire Henley Technic Gasworks, only one of the buildings was destroyed. Thanks to the timely arrival of Captain America. You should be proud of yourself. So I just thought that was funny because they're they're excited that only one building was blown up. <laughs> I mean, I suppose hey. it could have been a lot worse, but still it's like, thanks to Captain America, only only one building was completely destroyed. <laughs> this episode. With a guy knocked out and dead inside the building as well. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't think I mentioned him in my uh, in my kill tally. Death count. You missed the first one. <laughs> well, I don't think I started until Captain America shot the guy on the roof. <laughs> yeah, you could argue that that death happened uh, in the first half. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people die, and he's like knocking people off buildings and off whatever the. There's like a random like gravel pit, and there's like conveyor belts and elevators and things that he's knocking people off of. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, the one guy was fatally injured in the battle and yet was still in the hospital clinging to life for a little bit longer. That's true. And then he died like that second because then they immediately yeah. they immediately went to talking about resurrecting him. I don't understand. <laughs> like there was literally a minute injured if you're not dead yet, though. <laughs> there was literally a minute where I was like, oh, he's not dead. But they're talking about him as if he is. I don't understand right now. <laughs> well, that's what they said. They're, he was on death's door, so they were almost positive he was going to die. So we're plotting before he even did. Ah, uh, supposedly. Uh, but yeah, I thought the car, the car, the uh, car rolling off the cliffside was pretty nice. Oh yeah, another one of those fake, uh, fake death scenes. Yeah, the bridge. The bridge. <laughs> I was like, wow, that must have been one hell of a grenade. Or all the previous grenades were enough that Grant Gardner could just kind of steer around. But this one took out an entire bridge completely. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like just, oh, it put a hole in the bridge. It was like, no, like, there's a (laughs) half of a bridge that's just gone. (laughs) My note for that one reads, he just has a bunch of frag grenades in the glove box. 
what is this, Saints Row? Because <laughs> I think that's literally a Saints Row mission where you're chasing a guy who's throwing grenades at you on the highway. Uh, there were a couple of couple more instances of uh, defenestration in this one. I think at least, I mean, how many people died by falling off of large things or tall things? Uh, a lot. At least half a dozen. And then another fake out ending where Grant Gardner actually fell out a window, which I wasn't yeah. expecting. Oh, yeah. Into a truck, like, what, pillows? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Fell, fell into the marshmallow truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to predict what happened in that one because they'd have so many misleading endings that I just assumed that he had thrown the other guy out the window and that's what we were going to see. So I was surprised when he actually fell out the window at the beginning of the next episode. I considered that. I also considered that maybe he would take the curtain that they made a point of showing us and turn into some sort of makeshift parachute. <laughs> so, yeah, crazy times. Oh, and they, they go and they fight in another barn. Is that the same barn that they were uh, in before from the other so, angle? It looked different. So I think it's supposed to be a different barn, but I think in terms of making a movie, it is the same set, yes. Oh, yeah. Because I definitely got that feeling, too, of like, <laughs> there's a lot of is barns. Is the same... <laughs> barn this roof looks familiar but i understand the other uh anyone watching this originally would have watched those two barn scenes 10 weeks apart maybe <laughs> so yeah sure. maybe you wouldn't have noticed <laughs> that not meant to be watched the way that we watched it true so in the last episode did anybody else notice that when they show the scarab it has eight legs no why are there eight legs you sure those weren't the two pincers and then six legs? No, because it also had the pincers. <laughs> yeah, Go back and look. That. Looks like some sort of freaky spider thing. It's not a beetle. <laughs> <laughs> How many legs do scarabs have anyway? Uh, I think it's eight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst man researcher ever. <laughs> so in every episode... They did the same thing as they did in the first half, where there's two henchmen who are in some other uh, separate location to fight Captain America. And, but this time, at least in one of the episodes, one of them was a scientist. So that was kind of fun. A guy in a lab coat. <laughs> Just the same as the other henchmen, though. Which one was that? <laughs> um, the one where they had the million volts that they needed to use the resurrection oh. machine. Oh, yeah. The one I zoned out on. There, yeah, that's a chapter I wasn't paying attention to. It was that one. I was like, whew. I'm, I'm really glad they have these uh, recaps. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was the same one. There was another window fake out where there's somebody who was climbing out the window. So I assumed that they would die by falling out the window. And I think he got <laughs> shot in the back or something and then fell backwards <laughs> into the uh, back into the set. I thought that was a pretty good one. I wonder if that was a little wink to the audience or not. <laughs> I bet you thought he was going to fall to his death when we throw the dummy out the window. Not this time. <laughs> By the way, I don't I don't know if you know this, but apparently I learned something. Uh, it's legal for private citizens to bomb farmhouses. Because <laughs> Dr. Maldor just starts dropping bombs on the farmhouse and at no point is he arrested for this. It's playing as three bomb levers. <laughs> <laughs> bomb number one. Well, I got two more chances. Let's see what else. Oh, Gail Richards is caught by the scarab. And is asked, what is it? There's a doctor that's supposed to do brain surgery, brain surgery. on someone that's important to the I, plot for some reason. The I, the professor guy who could uh, reveal the identity of the scarab. So clearly the way to solve this is for the scarab to reveal himself to 
the DA's right-hand assistant. Right. So she tells him the doctor's name is Rodlam Barracks, and then she spells it out. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to be a genius to figure out that's at least an anagram of something. It's a very specific anagram, it turns out, which is that it's Scarab Maldor backwards. <laughs> but still, I'm like, B-A-R-A-C-S, that's not a last name. I don't know why they didn't question that. Especially what do you mean? For that's a last name? Barrett? No, that's a first name. Isn't that Mr. T's name in the A-Team? He's B.A. Barracks. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who thinks Rodlam is a reasonable name for someone. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what she was saying at first. And then when she started to spell it out, I was like, no, I heard it correctly. <laughs> yeah, I like the way that uh, Dr. Maldor is like, spell that. <laughs> and then she spells it. He's like, all right, checks out. <laughs> I've got another clip. Tell me if you can figure out what you think this guy is saying, because I have no idea. Dick is one of Dr. Lyman's abductors. I know all about that. I've just talked with the district attorney. As a matter of fact, I am to be the surprise witness. You? Excellent. That will knock that case into a cock hat. I'll get a habeas corpus? On the contrary. I shall identify Dirk as being one of the abductors. What did he say? The guy, so it's not Maldor, but the other guy says something like, oh, that case is going to be a cuck hat? <laughs> what no, did he say? He, <laughs> no, what? he knocks a thing into a cocked hat. It's going to be a cocked hat? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a bicorn, the cocked hat, like Napoleon wears. <laughs> you, you sure that's what he meant what does that mean have you heard that before that's a new one idiom to be knocked into a cocked hat is to be soundly and swiftly defeated oh okay well i really? learned something yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> see i think that's about all i got at one point oh one point um hard to not- make fun of things when you just expose your ignorance huh no, I was I was just as happy to learn something new, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I was actually hoping you guys would know. Um, oh. At one point, Maldor is supposedly unconscious. We know he's not, but then opens his eyes very widely for a few seconds and is not found out. Just to show the oh. audience that he is uh, not unconscious. Yeah, you got to clue him in, right? That's true. It was just very, very wide and very long. I think that's probably just more to do with how we watch media these days versus how they did 60 70 years yeah ago. i think so yeah and i guess here's the last clip i have it's about um what happens when you tell all your extras to just start talking but you don't tell them what to say hold it everybody what, 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 what is that? where they're just like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> i heard what do you mean what is this yeah that's what i heard i think i also heard what's my line <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I guess my general impression of the second half was that I guess the story got a little bit interesting, although much more convoluted. (laughs) It it definitely got kind of just like it definitely got weird. (laughs) I mean, I had the sense that up to the point where they executed Dr. Maldor, uh, they could have just strung this out for like ever. Right. They could they could still be doing this today. No, they could. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, they couldn't because uh, I I learned that uh, apparently uh, Dick Purcell, the guy that played Grant Gardner, actually died of heart failure like five months after this came out. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, he did a pretty that's, good job. That was the one useful fact in that bonus clip at the end of the of the serial. 
I watched part of it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then it was like 10 minutes of a guy showing off his Captain America collection, which is, you know, I guess cool, but not not what I not what I thought I was getting. Right, so. right. Oh, there was one other fact that apparently there are like promotional photos of Grant Gardner, uh, Captain America with the shield and like the wings on his head and the boots. But they apparently didn't actually use any of that in the uh, serial. Oh, hmm. I wonder why. Or maybe they just did that promotional after the fact. Yeah, it's a lot harder to throw punches, I guess, when you're uh, holding a shield. <laughs> the, the wings that are glued onto the uh, mask are falling off halfway through the fight scenes. With all that tumbling that they do, they did enjoy their tumbling. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like watching professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Pretty well done. Uh, so what did we all think of uh, the, the resolution of Captain America uh, 1944 serial, super serial, guys? It was a little abrupt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does kind of just stop. <laughs> Was it only the last episode that they figured out who each other were? Or did they figure out the previous episode? So at least there was some lead up. I think it was the last episode. Or or at least that's a, the point at which they told other people like, oh, by the way, <laughs> Grant Gardner's totally Captain America. Ya doy. <laughs> yep. And, and rattle them barracks. <laughs> I would say, you know, as I said, the first one, go watch an episode. If you like it, keep watching until you get bored. I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching every single episode as we did. Or if you do, you've really got to spread them out. I don't even know if that's true. You don't think so? No. Actually, I kind of want to see like a an edited version that edits them all together into a single film. And I'm curious how long that would be. In other words, I'm wondering how much of the episodes were recaps. Because it sometimes felt like a full like third of a chapter was a, just a recap yeah. of the previous chapter. It was chapter. like three and a half minutes out of... 15-ish usually that was the credits and the like little slide that explained what previously happened and the the recap but unfortunately they started doing the fake out endings so that i usually would just scan through on youtube until i saw like oh the very last thing that happened like the explosion that happened the previous episode but this time i couldn't and i had to find the time before (laughs) where they had inserted the scene to explain how he'd gotten out of it yeah there was the time too where he had fallen grant gardner or Captain America had fallen out of the building into the truck or whatever. And I kind of zoned out for a couple of minutes and was like, wait, why is he still alive? (laughs) And I had to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. I definitely think the second half for me was weaker than the first half. I mean, you are right that I guess there's only so many action sequences that they can do. But the alternative action sequence was just, here's a crazy plot. It gets foiled with an action sequence. Here's a new crazy plot. And I was just like, uh, okay. And these plots are getting less and less, like, likely. Right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, overall, I think I still enjoyed it. But I do think it's it started stronger than it finished. Oh, and Doug, I think there was only one dial in this half, right? There was the dial that showed the rotations on the plane, which I'm not sure what that yep. was. Yep. There's, There's also the dial on the uh, wire recorder. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we know how long it recorded. <laughs> yeah 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 other than that it was a lot of levers for the bombs there was a lever for the trap door oh yeah the trap door in the barn yeah that was lever for unusual. the million volt resurrection machine that's true yep. that killed the dude see they they knew they had to switch it up and go from dials to levers but <laughs> <laughs> but they still threw in a couple dials for old time's sake <laughs> you don't want to mess with success correct i know people like the dials but maybe we could throw in some levers that's my note all right boss fine with me (laughs) so yeah i think that about wraps it up for this second installment 
of the Mary Marvel Movie March with Captain America. Uh, the 1944 serial, the second half, the conclusion. So join us in the future next time when we move 42 years into the future. Ooh. And we get to talk about the 1986 classic Howard the Duck. Oh. Wait, I don't have to actually watch Howard the Duck for this, do I? No, you do. Do you think you can intelligently talk about Howard the Duck without watching it? So I enjoyed Captain America uh, quite a bit more than I expected, even. So maybe you'll enjoy Howard the Duck more. I half-watched Howard the Duck years ago, just like I half-watched so many movies, because, you know, Dad put them on, and I was just in and out of the room. It was... Well, I guess I shouldn't spoil it for you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see you in the future. I can't believe I have to watch that movie again. (laughs) So uh, until next time, you've been listening to the Gobeski Wallace Report. I was the person in charge of this, ostensibly. And my name was Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And I'm special guest Doug Gobeski affirmative I'm just bring it back full circle <laughs> you're just verifying his name yes that is your name doug affirmative affirmative because <laughs> that's what robots do they just verify all the data that comes to them <laughs> affirmative thanks for listening you can check out our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Or check us out on Twitter at GW Report. And you can follow us on Facebook, just like the Gobesky Wallace Report. Yeah, and keep listening to episodes, because we enjoy making them, and we're hoping somebody's listening. Well, I'm listening. That'll have to be good enough. One final thing, the the resurrection device. I believe Dad has it, or at least had at one point, uh, one of those things. What? <laughs> it was I just a I... diathermy machine. Oh, was it? I guess I wasn't paying attention. Oh, okay. yeah. It, like like I said, said, I zoned out. Yeah, no, he even said diathermy. Huh. Although there was some fancy solution he had to inject into the guy as well. Right. Sometimes before and sometimes after. <laughs> I mean... Fringe science is on the edge, so. That's true, yeah.